Welcome to the Startups and Downs podcast, where we discuss the highs and lows of running a business with a creative mind. Would you eat a tarantula for $1,000? Sometimes operating in the startup space can feel like you're on an episode of Fear Factor. Do you feel the fear and do it anyway, or call it a day? You've opted in for a whole cash tin of emotions, excitement, thrill, wonder, but maybe you weren't expecting that there'd be so much gosh darn fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear that you're just not enough. Today we're talking all about what causes fear, how it affects creative businesses, how to use it to your advantage, and how you can become a more fearless person in your business. Today I'm joined, as always, Danielle Reed myself from Reed City, with Grace Kane and Monique Hope. How are you both going? Oh, Yay, hello. Hello. Now, I do have a burning question just to kick things off today. Grace, I'd love to know what you had for dinner last night. Oh, my God. So Melbourne is, like, freezing. Like, it's actually just been, like, terrible. I live in a really old house, so it's cold. It's, like, just fully insulated. So I had just, like, a classic roast. Lots of roast vegetables, oh. some gravy. Don't eat meat. So I had, like, a fake chicken schnitzel thing in there. Like, it was, it was so good. Yeah, sounds good. A roast is always a good option for warming up the whole house as well. Warmed me up good. What about you, Monique? What did you have? I had some ravioli from a bag um, (laughs) into a pot of boiling water. (laughs) Yeah, I just um, was opting for a quick option, so that was really good. And then since then, yeah, I just drank a lot of tea. I'm pretty simple when it comes to food <laughs> <laughs> like that time you just you? ate the sax assault yes i'm happy with like one food item being a whole meal as well like popcorn <laughs> is an acceptable dinner item like a bit of dark chocolate that could also be dinner I'm not not into quantities of food. I'm into quantity for sure, like especially if I like it, like chips or hot chips as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just more about, I don't know, don't mess with a good thing, I guess. And I'm just lazy mainly. If someone's going to cook me something extravagant, I will eat it. But otherwise, no. Who's that time to make dinner, you know? No. It's hard. Right. For dinner last night, I had a BLC simply a bacon lettuce cheese sandwich because I'm a child Amazing. and sandwiches <laughs> I have sandwiches often simply because I know how to do it and I know I'll be full and I'm not a, I'm not afraid of them guys I'm not afraid of sandwiches which brings me back to the podcast today Monique if you'd like to kick things off love to know what fear is and how it comes about Yes, certainly, Dan. So looking at the research, psychology today speak about fear being part instinct, part learned and part taught. So some fears are obviously quite instinctual, like pain, which causes you to have a fear of certain things that could cause pain. It's one of your survival instincts. And then there's other fears that we learn, certain people or places that we've associated negative things with, Perhaps like um, they've given an example of a near drowning incident, therefore you'd probably be scared of bodies of water. My partners are quite scared of pelicans, 
I'll have to ask <laughs> what a near-death experience was there. <laughs> but um, other fears are taught so through our cultural norms. So you might see that different cultures fear different things um, and that's just part of how we are kind of brought up within a culture, like more than our individual learnings from our family, but like the actual wider culture. So certain social groups are feared and prosecuted, um, they say, because of their impression of being dangerous. It's um, more of that primal sort of in-group, out-group fear, I guess, that helped us survive back in the day, but it's not so useful sometimes now. But yeah, fear is vital. So I think it's important to know that we don't want to just get rid of all fear because we'd probably end up touching the hot thing and getting burnt and, you know, (laughs) it's pretty important part of our evolution to have fear. It does protect us from legitimate threats, but we're kind of seeing it show up more and more in our everyday lives as we have less of these flight or fight responses required or freeze, they say as well, we're finding ourselves react in a similar way to social situations or other things that wouldn't really cause us deadly harm, but they feel that way to us. So that's some of the sort of psychology today definitions and ideas about what causes fear. But I think it's really cool to look at how this relates to creative people as well. So at Entrepreneurs, we as creative small businesses or in the startup sphere, we do kind of, I think, have another layer of fear that comes in from the fact that we are putting out uh, work that is part of our heart and soul. Like we've put a lot of creative effort that comes in intuitively from us and then we're putting it on the line for people to see and they're kind of judging who we are rather than what we do. So, or it can seem that way at times. So that's kind of another layer of fear for creatives. So yay for us. (laughs) But yeah, I hope that gives you guys a bit of a background on some of the causes of fear. There is also some great research that's been done by a guy named James Hayton and another lady called Gabriella Katchin. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. And they've done a research piece which was released in Harvard Business Review on fear and entrepreneurship. And they define fear of failure in particular as one of the most important ones that affects entrepreneurs. And they say fear of failure is a temporary cognitive and emotional reaction to a threat to potential achievements. So fear of failure is a state rather than a trait, which I think is an important <laughs> definition. Yeah. It's not who you are, it's what's happening, it's a state that you're experiencing at the time. Yes. And they've actually identified seven sources of fear from a study they did with 65 entrepreneurs from the UK and America and that research revealed that the seven sources, particularly for entrepreneurs, are financial security, ability to fund their venture, personal abilities slash their self-esteem, the potential of their idea or a fear of success of it, threats to their social esteem, ability to be executed, and opportunity costs, so what they're missing out on by going after this certain venture. So I think they're a little bit different to those sort of primal fears and I think that Mm. can sort of help people to see where their fears might be coming from if they're in a new startup space or they're part of a business that is in that kind of entrepreneurial phase or some businesses just operate as really entrepreneurial businesses all the time. 
So knowing that, I'd probably switch over to one of you guys to kind of tell us about maybe how we can stop living in fear. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Monique. That was really interesting. Yeah, so how to stop living in fear. It sounds really simple. It's definitely not. But really achievable if you focus on it. So when we're having fear, we're often having a lot of anxiety-inducing thoughts. So we really want to capture those. So some fear is healthy, some fear is not. And to overcome it, we need logic. So asking yourself, like, what exactly do I fear? How realistic is that fear? A psychotherapist, Arlene Engler, said in most cases, feared outcome is unlikely or the risk is low. We need to recognize that the issue is not worth worrying about. And she also said that by being logical, we employ the part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is that command center for logic and decision-making to overrule the amygdala which produces emotion and the famous fight or flight feelings that Monique was just talking about. So being logical, especially in that startup field or a startup creative business is really important when you're thinking about starting up a business. But if you still feel like you're being logical and you're getting still those fears and anxieties, which is really common, what can you do? Make a note for your thoughts. So like, what if? you know, ask yourself like, why, what if, what's the worst thing that will happen, which I'd love to say should be great for all businesses. I think it's a great practice to be doing and to also smash those fears and anxieties. So develop a plan for worst case scenarios and that will significantly lower your anxiety. I think that's a really good point. And I know that I personally use that one on a daily basis, I would say. And something as well, which is really interesting. So my partner's doing virtual reality exposure therapy and he is getting a bunch of volunteers in. One of them is a friend of ours and he's afraid of uh, heights. And his fear is not so much the being above the ground. It's more that he's worried that he won't be able to stop himself from jumping off. Like not that he wants to jump off, but just that he'll get to the top of something and be like, what if I just jumped off and then it'd be too late and that's (laughs) that's his biggest fear so he's like that is the worst case scenario for me that I actually jump off but the height itself isn't the particular fear so definitely weighing up those pros because obviously that's an extreme version of the what the worst can happen because often the worst that can happen is not going to be that extreme but it's it's a good tool to use because sometimes the fear can be almost irrational by what you're actually fearing Yeah, no, 100%. It's such a good one. And I love Paul's new profession. So interesting. I love it when we talk about it. So yeah, just that what if I also use it daily as well. And it's so helpful. It's it's awesome. Everyone should be trying it. So we need to capture that anxiety. The other one is, yeah, to be aware of it and not fixate. So the, a wellness expert, Caleb, back said that the source of modern fear and how to conquer it is through awareness. So as we learn more things, we're becoming more aware of things and we're becoming more fearful of things. So kind of that, the less you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And you see that in a lot of like major sort of disagreements between maybe different cultural groups or social groups it's that fear of the unknown or not knowing the other person or or what their motives or that kind of 
yeah, the unknown is is so scary. So just learning more about something, such a good tip. Yeah, learning more about and then acknowledging it as well. And then practicing mindfulness and meditation. So pairing that with what if and that logic is going to be a great way to kind of stop fixating on it. So mindfulness will teach you how to pay attention to the present moment and will help you, I guess, stop worrying and stop fixating on those fears. So deep breathing will help you kind of push away those anxious thoughts as well. And by doing this, you train the mind and the body to relax more readily. A health expert, Emily Menz, said that meditation can take many forms, whether it's be sitting on the floor or a quiet room, taking a walk outside, knitting or gardening. A meditative mindset can bring a peaceful quality to many other areas in your life. And I think that a lot of people discount mindfulness and meditation as this kind of like sitting on the floor, cross-legged, hands in the air, what's it called i'm doing it in the video i don't remember yogi mantra rested on your name yeah and it's this kind of like thing that hippies do I suppose I know I have a picture of meditation in my head and that's not what I do or when I practice mindfulness so it has such huge health benefits that so many people have talked about I think we've also talked about how there's all these huge top CEOs who spend a lot of time doing meditation and and all its health benefits like Richard Branson I know is one I think Steve Jobs does really early in the morning as well I do mindfulness or meditation through just a free app on my phone so there's a few Headspace, Smiley Mind, all really, really good ones. Yeah. I like what you said. Sorry. (laughs) I was just going to say, I like what you said about that meditation can be a sort of active activity like gardening or knitting or I think about even swimming or anything where you're kind of doing something but you're not thinking about this other thing I find that so much more accessible to a lot of people as well because it's like oh I can do something I like and that can be called meditation well yeah it's um taking your mind off you're not fixating on that fear anymore you're just getting on with it I guess oh 100% it's such an incredible skill if I'm at work and I have a deadline and then in my head it's like you didn't pay your car rego because I forgot about it. And then I'm like, oh my God, when does it end? I forgot the date of my car register. And then I'm just thinking about it and thinking about <laughs> it and having the skill to just be able to fo- not fixate on that, focus on my work, be more productive and also be happier because I'm not constantly thinking about this silly thing that I've forgotten to do. I agree. I also wanted to bring up that I've come a long way since we talked about mindfulness last time, which I think was right back in our bedtime habits episode. Ooh. I am now a regular meditator. I wish we could put in a little sound bite of what I, I said. So I think proud. it was along the lines of meditation is boring. It's no fun at all. You do nothing. And now I love it. Although, Monique, you did suggest <laughs> to upgrade Headspace to the paid version, which I did, $20 a month, found it wasn't mm. that great. So I'm oh. just using Spotify. Just really? On Spotify. Yeah, I love Which, Smiling Mind, but that guy, I've listened to his voice so many times mm. and said the same things that I know of his, like, voice annota- annotations. Is that what they're called? No. Yeah. They're called something else. Inflections. I feel like yeah. I know his voice like I know a song, so I have to mix it up a bit. 
I also heard about some Instagram accounts that do Instagram live meditation and like yeah so they're also another free that's time. pretty cool find some yeah well I'm still on the headspace train I've gotten back into it more and I'm still pro the paid version only well for me because I like the sleep time ones the sleep mm. cast they call them and I only have access to like two or three sleep casts with the unpaid and yeah I like them all but honestly I've been doing less like kind of sitting down yogi arm <laughs> meditation, <laughs> little, actually pretty much none and more of that kind of movie meditation, doing like a five or ten minute yoga and then sitting for a bit because it kind of settles me or, yeah, gardening or doing things that I really enjoy. So I've kind of changed a bit too since then, so it's nice that you brought it up again. Sorry, change of topic. but No, it's great. <laughs> always love to talk about that. Yeah, it's good, to, <laughs> it's good to check in on those things and I'm so glad that you're obviously finding some benefits to it if you keep doing it. Yeah, yep, I like it. And then I like it. So if we've talked about how to stop living in fear or given a few examples of that, Dan, can you talk to us about how we can use that fear to our advantage? Because I think it's pretty unrealistic to say that we can – remove all the fear it's still going to be there so how can we yeah, use it to our advantage yeah so I think that using fear to your advantage is quite an interesting concept because we do often think of fear as ultimately negative but I found this great article by modern day Elvis himself Tony Robbins it's <laughs> how to use fear before it uses you and there are a few points in there that I wanted to chat about because I feel like they can be applicable to our lives and to putting things into perspective. So the first point is learning insights from your fear. So failure, disappointment, dead ends, these can all be used as a way of reflecting. So allowing yourself the opportunity to say, that didn't work, it wasn't right for me, it wasn't a good fit, so what can I learn from it? And I know that we learn from our mistakes. But honestly, once we start taking the risks that make us feel fearful, the mistakes that we make are maybe bigger, but also the lessons are bigger. And taking those moments, instead of just kicking yourself saying, ah, that was really bad. I failed. Just shifting your mind a little bit, I guess it's a bit of mindset to think about it as a way of bettering the future you because you have made this mistake or had some sort of fear around failure or not being enough, or those sorts of things, and reflecting on it. So embracing the strength that is within the fear and using each experience as a tool to help you learn more about yourself and what you won't do in future situations. I think it's easier said than done, but it is also super beneficial. And then another point as well is to think big picture. So is the fear a must? If you're putting yourself in unreasonable amounts of fear all of the time, it's just no fun. So have a think about whether the fear is worth it. I know that some people say you should always face your fears. I personally don't think you should always face your fears because if you're constantly in an anxiety-driven state, you're not going to get anywhere. So assess the fear is it worth your energy being poured into it? And a good way of thinking about this is imagine your 80-year-old self. Also, on a side note, I think everyone should write themselves a letter 
from their 80 year old self's perspective of what their life was that's such a good idea (laughs) (laughs) but imagine yourself as 80 year old 80 years old you're in your little rocking chair you're looking over a river I don't know if that's what you're doing that's what I'm doing and you're nearing the end of your life and you're reflecting on the life that you live are you going to be feeling as though you had regrets are you going to wish that you faced more of those fears are there going to be lots of things that you wish that you'd tried do you feel sad that when you're in your prime that you didn't take more risks or put yourself in more interesting, diverse situations? And are you always going to be wondering what if? Because if you're in that state of mind, then, I mean, come on, let's take a couple of risks, let's face a couple of fears, let's do the ones that are going to benefit us long-term and create meaningful end results, I guess, because fear can be good when you're looking back at it too because you can feel really p- proud about it. You could be like, oh, I'm so scared. I mean, when I first started my business, I just threw my job in. I was terrified. I had just started this business. I had no idea, you know, what was going to come next or what the future held, but it all sometimes pays off. I think it depends on the situation and the magnitude of the fear, also small fears something that we need to pay attention to as well because it can be a small fear but it can also reap a reward of learning from it once you have faced it so there's my rant for the day (laughs) that's such a good one dan and i like the example you gave about your business because it is a super scary thing to leave the security of a job you've got something that you'd worked really hard i remember when you're making the decision you'd obviously did a lot of study in that area. You'd worked your way up. You're in a well-paid position and had come to this realization that there was something else that you needed to do with your life or this is a situation you need to get out of. And yeah, it would have been hell scary, but it's just so, it's so beneficial, not only to you for making, taking that risk. Like you've got this amazing, like sense of adrenaline, I imagine. And then also, oh shit, this is kind of working out. I'm kind of now realizing the benefits of it do you think there's like a bit of a drum roll effect that comes from it like you every fear you face no matter how big or small does it kind of make you braver to face more fears would that kind of be an advantage of facing your fears is that you can kind of get momentum to like be more badass yes I definitely think so it's kind of a bell curve I feel that you take a little little risk or you you face a little fear and then you're like, oh, that worked out. And then next time you, you face a bigger risk or a bigger fear. And if that works out too, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you go back down a peg, but you can always keep moving forward. And I think that, yeah, that's definitely, I like the drum roll effect. We need. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like you doing that as well affects other people in your life in a positive way. So if that makes anyone feel better about their own abilities to overcome their fears just know that it can be really inspiring to other people as well how can and should entrepreneurs or people in business creatives all y'all out there respond to this fear of failure which is one of the most common fears in starting a business there are a few strategies which are the great people I spoke about before who have their article in the Harvard Business Review spoke about and there's actually four So the four ways we can use fear of failure to work in a positive is one, emotional self-monitoring and control. Another one is problem solving, then learning and seeking some support. So on the emotional self-monitoring and control, it comes back to a topic we've 
touched on before, which is emotional intelligence, being aware of one's feelings, being able to control and influence your thinking and behavior by having that awareness. So I guess one of the examples they've given here is somebody from the study has said, I've recently been learning to separate the anxiety out because I've learned that it's just transient. So that's sort of like understanding your emotions, understanding that the anxiety related to fear will come and go and using that to your advantage of learning about yourself and being able to overcome fear through that knowledge. So practicing self-awareness to curb the potent influences of negative emotions. So I think it's something that we kind of all said in a different way, which is sometimes the actual fear is like way more painful than the thing you're even going to try and do. So if you could just sort of be aware that these negative emotions is like just a hell loop of pain I'm causing myself, one, two, three, get on with it, set some goals, make some decisions and go for it, that can really use that to your advantage. The second one they mentioned is problem solving. So they say here, one of the people in the study has said, anxiety helped in the sense that I would try to figure out every single flaw there was in my business because all of them have flaws. So I was trying to figure out where is the hole. And so they say actively seeking out the flaws and weaknesses and doing something about them is a powerful means of reducing the fear. So that kind of comes back to what Grace was saying about awareness. So using that fear to your advantage to problem solve in your business. It's another really proactive way you can use fear. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, they say learning. So Grace also touched on this, but when it relates to business, I guess, is where you can be pushed to work harder, take more care in what you're doing and to educate yourself because of the fears you have. So for instance, one of the fears I have in in doing my own side hustle in print textile designs is I have this sort of thought, oh, I don't know enough about how the industry works maybe. Maybe my portfolio is too based in fashion than in uh, pattern design. So one of the ways I'm feeling really liberated is through learning. So I, much to probably your dismay, if you if you come going to listen to the previous post on imposter syndrome, <laughs> where I've said that I wouldn't do another course. <laughs> Little dear, <laughs> I started another course. <laughs> but I love that they've kind of said here that this learning is a good outcome of fear. As in, if you're feeling fearful, it really helps to learn more because it makes you feel like, oh, I'm educating myself to be the best that I can so that I can develop my business. And honestly, I'm up to down about it, but I have, I feel so good doing it. Like I'm really excited about it. It's this group I've joined online. If there's any budding textile designers out there, have a look at the textile lab run by Pattern Observer. It's an American group and it's like an online community. So it's not just a learning hub with like weekly sort of accountability sort of buddies there and you've got courses you can sign up to. So you've got deadlines, which is great as well if you're sort of procrastinating and feeling fearful. You've also got this really cool community where everyone's sort of in a similar space, which kind of leads to my next sort of point, which they've said is about seeking support. So reaching out to mentors who are directly related to the business that you're trying to start 
is really, really key. And it's such a helpful one for entrepreneurs. So maybe you're constantly battling with this fear of failure, which other people have gone through directly related to your industry. So that online community has really helped me as much as I love having you guys and you really helped me a lot. It's sort of cool to see other people doing what you want to do. It provides you that visual, that pathway, and it sort of takes a little bit of the sting out of it, I guess. So that's another good one. And that's another cool thing that is a result of fear. So fear can fuel you to be around these people. It kind of forced me to come up with a, you know, another way of engaging with people in my industry. I live in a small country town. There is pretty much no fashion industry in quotation marks. We have retail businesses and there are some really cool people out there doing their own thing and having their own little fashiony businesses, but there's not so much of an industry where I could speak with like-minded mentors. So kind of has forced me to do that. And I've kind of had some great outcomes already just meeting people and sharing stories. So early stage entrepreneurs frequently benefit from local communities and networks. We spoke about this before, but it's just another great benefit of being scared is that it kind of pushes you into these rooms with people you might not have been in with before because you need to overcome this uncertainty in a place that's sort of, I guess, people have gone through the same thing as you. We have got reviews. People were reviewing the podcast. And I did promise early on that we would be writing jigs for said oh. reviewers. So oh. today marks our first jig. I've written a short little ditty. <laughs> So, Love <laughs> so our review today comes from Jackie O with a thousand O's, but we're just going to call her Jackie O. She said, it's a down to earth, easy listening, just discovered this podcast and am loving it. The girls are funny and articulate and give lots of practical tips for creative businesses. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Ooh. Jackie, I have written you a short song, especially for you. <clears throat> <laughs> it goes a little something like this Jackie O, Jackie O, you're more clever than you know Jackie O, Jackie O, thanks for listening to the show Jackie O, Jackie O, have you been to the snow Jackie O, Jackie O, hey, whoa Oh yeah <laughs> Danielle I'd like to point out that Danielle has just surprised us Mid-recording with this jingle So I love that, I love that Danielle <laughs> I'm, I, I have no idea that was coming and I'm so happy <laughs> um, so, Grace, if you want to give us a little bit of a run-through of what we chatted about today. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So, Monique started off with how fear affects business. And we kind of discussed that. She did the old referencing of the How a Business Review that I love. Um, <laughs> I should by them. Come on. <laughs> I know. You should be. We talked about entrepreneurial fears. And then I discussed how to stop living in fear. So those three points were capturing that anxiety, inducing thoughts, be aware, don't fixate, and mindfulness. Danielle then talked us through how to use fear to your advantage and how fear can be your motivator ultimately. And then Meek wrapped us up with how we can be more fearless. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you liked it. We'll put our references in our show notes. If you leave us a review, Danielle's going to write you another jingle. 
Yeah, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and you can always reach out and email us at helloreadcitywriting.com. Hello at readcitywriting.com. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. Um, and as always, yeah, have a good day. See you later. Ciao. Bye. Bye.